You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied by an adult. The Sonic Society, the once and future podcast pulled from the stone of old-time radio for a new age of modern audio theater. Get this straight, Mr. Ward. Okay, then. I'll, I'll see you later. Now hold on there. Hold your horses. We're going to go over this from the top. The top? Yes, the top. Well, I was born in Fergus, Ontario, a small town just outside of Guelph. Now cut that out! Honestly, I don't understand what people mean by the top. My mother used to correct me all the time when I said down here or up there. She'd point out the map with north being up and south being down. Now stop that and start talking. But I have been talking, officer. No, 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 no. This thing with the dinosaur. Did I say something about a dinosaur? Last season on the Sonic Society, Jack Ward and David Alt traveled through the podverse in their tortoise, time or radio theater, interdimensional sound vehicle. Following the RSS feeds back home, the podcasting pair of audionauts found themselves with a little R&R in Halifax, Nova Scotia. After enjoying a brief respite of sonic promenade in the summer, they soon found themselves right back in danger. And now, The Sonic Society, Season 10. Why is a T-Rex chasing us in the middle of the Spring Garden Road? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. Now where, where is that giant on the spot? The portable toilet won't hide us. Oh, Didn't you watch Jurassic Park? No ordinary toilet. It's actually... Don't just stand there running. Running while standing or whatever. Just give me a hand. I don't believe it. It's a portable flying toilet. Actually, it, it's, it just looks like a flying toilet. It's... Actually, a tortoise. Thanks for the exercise. Here, David, take my hand. Ah! Yeah, got you. No problem at all. Except I'm dangling a hundred feet over Halifax Harbor. And there's no one flying the tortoise! Well, technically, we're both flying David! Oh, very well. Here, come you go. David, we have to get the T-Rex out of Halifax. I'm on it. It appears headed towards the university down Oxford Street. Down, but... If I just adjust the tortoise engines to follow the sonic feed. Tonight it's Colonial Radio Theatre's The Telltale Tape. And then with a quick stop off at the pilot episode of Simon Nielsen's The Survivalist's Journals, we'll pull the creature in the wake as we go. Pull in the wake as we go, but that means... (laughs) 
One of Hollywood's most famous and scariest actors, Vincent Price, made a name for himself in classic mysteries and thrillers throughout the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. Now, the Colonial Radio Theater on the Air, in association with Blue Water Productions, brings you Vincent Price Presents. We'll be featuring stories of horror and suspense inspired by some of Mr. Price's most famous films, as well as creating new, frightening tales with the assistance of his estate. Now, turn the lights out, sit back, and welcome to the macabre world of Vincent Price in tonight's tale, The Telltale Tape. Consider a man working for years to rise to the top of his profession, sacrificing everything, only to be told that he is no longer needed or even wanted. Would that man lie down and die? Perhaps. Or perhaps he would begin to hear a voice, a voice that sounded much like his own, telling him to take steps to see that he was remembered, a voice that would tell him how to assure himself a place in history while simultaneously revenging himself on those that had wronged him. All by carrying out some most unnatural acts. She does chores, he works on a Chevy, follow their lives as they're going steady. Yes, it's the Penny and Petty Show. Before I go, I would like to make one request to our faithful listeners. Please continue to drink Romeo wines. Their selection is absolutely the best. Okay, guys, that's a wrap. Beautiful work as usual. No thanks to him. Benny, I've asked you a million times to stop stepping on my line. Sorry, Betty, I didn't notice. Let's go home and talk it over. To your house, you mean. For the last time, I'm not moving back in. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Betty, but Mr. Sphere would like to see you in his office. Immediately. I never thought I'd be glad to hear that. Come in, both of you. Sit down. I'll get right to it. The show is in trouble. I hope that's not news to anyone. And we're in danger of losing our sponsorship from Romeo Wines. They're thinking about going to television. Well, every show is struggling. That's why we've done some research on our target audience. What do you mean, research? Research that shows that your on-air courting of Betty here is as boring as your tie. Judging by all of the responses we've received, it's obvious that things need to be shaken up and fast. But what are you planning to do, Mr. Sphere? Are you replacing us? Actually, I think it's a perfect time to finally marry the couple. Benny, honestly, you can't be serious. No, we can't. The people don't want to see Benny and Betty settle down. They want to see some competition for you, Benny. And frankly, I think it's been a long time coming. Okay, send them in. Benny? Betty? I'd like you to meet Sammy Swell. Hello, everybody. Your knight in shining sports coat is here to save your ratings. Please, no autographs. <laughs> ah, Ms. Barker, it is an honor and pleasure to kiss the hand of such talent. My goodness, Mr. Swell. I don't know what to say. It's Sammy Dolan. All you need to say is what time I should pick you up Saturday night. Excuse me. And it's a pleasure to finally meet the once great Benny Goodwill. I'm sorry, Mr. Swell, but I've never heard of you. Have you done much radio? Ha! <laughs> That's a good one there, Benny boy. See, I've made my name in television. Mr. Spears, an old friend. He asked me if I'd be willing to come in and class up the joint a bit. Maybe win back one or two of those listeners you've been losing. What? Television? Maybe you've heard of it? Radio is my first love. 
TV's here to stay, buddy, and the sooner you get on board with that, the easier this will be for all of us. All right, save the debate for another time, fellas. A toast. To the savior of the Benny and Betty show. To new love interests. To making things swell. What's the matter, Benny? Not a fan of our sponsor? Romeo makes an excellent champagne. No, none for me, thanks. I'm afraid I couldn't keep it down just now. It's all falling apart, isn't it? Everything you've ever worked for is going to be taken away because of some greasy flesh-in-the-pan jokester. Betty doesn't love you anymore. She can hardly even look at you. When are you going to finally fight for yourself? The solution is simple. All you need to do is... Oh, hey, Benny. You okay? (sighs) Nick. You startled me. I heard about Sammy Swell coming on the show. They must be hoping his TV fans will help boost ratings. Yeah, something like that. I'm sure you're not thrilled about it. Who can blame you? I gotta admit, though, that bit he does about the woman shopping is hilarious. Huh? Well, I'm sure it'll be fine. See you at rehearsal, Benny. Sure. Rehearsal. With that preening fool in his slick suit making eyes at Betty. I broke the mirror. Isn't that seven years bad luck? She does chores, he works on a Chevy. Follow their lives as they're going steady. Yes, it's the Benny and Betty Show. The Benny and Betty Show. Starring Benny Goodwill, Betty Barker, and introducing Sammy Swell. As the weeks progress, I bite my tongue at every ridiculous quip Sammy sends my way. Say, Benny, is it true you're still getting around by horse and carriage? Why not try a Chrysler? (laughs) Oh, Sammy, you're such a card. A card, please. I'm the whole deck. But even that pales next to having to let go of the feelings I have for Betty. It's clear the chemistry Sammy has with her is not just on the air. So, are we still on for tonight? Do I look like the kind of guy to stand someone up? Especially someone as beautiful as you? Still... The addition of this loathsome creature has given my career a stay of execution, even if he has made a mockery of the years of hard work I've put into it. And I'm happy to introduce the new voice of Romeo Wines, Mr. Sammy Swell. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just proud to be able to represent such a fantastic company, even if the people can't see my face. Shall we open the floor to questions? Romeo couldn't be more thrilled with our ratings. They're this close to signing a new contract, and they're footing the bill for this press conference. Oh, Mr. Sphere, that's wonderful. Yeah, really terrific. But the further this fiasco carries on, the harder it is to focus on the work. How much longer can I tolerate this buffoon stealing away everything that's sacred to me? 
Another great episode, gang. Sammy, terrific job. That gag about women shopping had me in stitches. Thanks, Will. I just wish the delivery didn't get stepped on. Oh, don't worry, Sammy. After a few hundred episodes, you get used to it. Well, I don't think Sammy will be around that long anyway, Betty. He's got bigger and better things to be doing. We'll see about that, Benny. All right, gang, let's go up to my office and brainstorm some plots for the next show. And to celebrate... Why, Sammy, you made that bottle of wine appear out of nowhere. And like magic, my arms around your shoulders to boot. (laughs) You rascal. I'll have to join you later. I've got some local spots to record. That's fine, Benny. I think we'll find a way to manage without you. Ah, no rush, Benny boy. Have fun, Benny. Try stepping on your own lines for a change. Anything for you, Betty. Come on, doll. Nick. Why don't you go up and join them? You sure, Benny? I think I can handle a few station idents and local promos of my own. Okay. See you later. I send Nick to join the fun. I want to be alone. The studio is the only place where I feel like I belong anymore. And it seems like everyone in my life is trying to take even that away from me. Those hacks have no respect for the craft. Don't they get it? The straight man always leads the listener to the next gag. I'm not stepping on anyone's lines. I read off the local radio spots for 25 different markets. Hello, KLBB listeners. This is Benny Goodwill reminding you to drink Romeo wines. As I read the script, my mind begins to wander. I think of mistakes I've made in the past and the troubles that seem to plague my future. Remember... WXRX Rockford. The Benny and Betty Show airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. I try to think of the good times. Courting Betty when the show first started. We were so adored by the public. Benny, Betty, over here! Oh, Benny, they love us! Of course they do, darling. We're stars. I was well respected in my field. Honored. Praised. I just heard from Romeo, kid. They're loving the response to the show so much, they sent her over a case on the house. <laughs> then why are we still talking? Pop the cork and let's have at it! If only I hadn't turned down that television show. I wonder, what would have happened to my career? Or to me and Betty? And now, the host of the Romeo Wines Comedy Hour, Ben... Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. But no, it's just me, alone in the studio, droning into this microphone, wondering where I went wrong. Reminding all you folks in Minnesota to check out the car show this weekend at the St. Paul Armory. All right, I'll just give a quick listen to the playback, and then I'm out of here. The studio is the only place where I feel like I belong anymore. And it seems like everyone in my life is trying to take even that away from me. What is this? I I didn't record any of that. I, I didn't even say any of it out loud. I don't believe this. Those hacks have no respect for the craft. Don't they get it? The straight man always leads the listener to the next gag. No, please, this... This can't be happening! How much longer can I tolerate this buffoon stealing everything that's sacred to me? Stop it! Stop! 
Well, look at Mr. Big Time Radio Star. Sammy! Are those promo spots coming? Convince the folks in Chicago to dust off the radio and tune in? <laughs> what are you doing here? I came down to grab this bottle. We ran out upstairs. Well, you found what you're looking for. Now leave. You're not getting rid of me that easy, Benny. See, I can leave any time, or I can stick around. I can do whatever I like. Won't be too long before I could make this studio mine if I wanted it. Ah, that's better. Stretch out a little. I'll be honest. The only reason I took this gig was to get a chance to meet Betty. I mean, Betty Barker. That's a pretty nice notch to have in the belt. Not that I generally like taking any man's seconds, you understand. But in this case, I can make an exception. I won't have you talking about her that way. This job and Betty are my life. A miserable wretch like you doesn't deserve to have either of them. How many times have you got to be told, Benny? Radio is dying. The only thing keeping you alive is me. And when I go, I'm going to be Betty's ticket out of this hellhole. Say, where'd that bottle go? ever worked for is going to be taken away because of some greasy flash-in-the-pan jokester. Radio's not the only thing dying, Sammy. Uh! Uh! Betty doesn't love you anymore. She can hardly even look at you. Help! Someone! Hell, you can hardly look at yourself. Please... Benny, don't do this. Miserable old fool, when are you going to finally fight for yourself? Ah, can't, can't go on. Dear God, Benny, haven't you taken this far enough? The solution is simple. All you need to do is... Sorry, Sammy, but the sooner you get on board with this, the easier it will be for all of us. No, no, no please, no! No going back now. I've killed him. If I want to get away with this, I need to act quickly. I can... I can hide his body in the old storage closet. It'll buy me some time until I can find a more permanent solution. Once the body is hidden, I clean up, knowing that Will or Betty or Nick come in at any minute. Mop the floor, wipe down the booth. All right, all right. No, wait. My reflection. There's blood on my face. A last reminder of the once great Sammy Swell. <laughs> there, 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 there. Gone. Gone. Now. To finish these. Promo spots. 
Because if anyone questions me about Sammy's disappearance, I need to have an alibi. Remember, WXRX Rockford. The Benny and Betty Show airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Check the playback once more. Hello, KLBB listeners. This is Benny Goodwill reminding you to drink Romeo wines. Oh, thank God. It's just the spots. But I still need to come up with an explanation for his disappearance. Type up a resignation for Sammy. I even use his own words. Radio is dying. I forge the signature and sneak it into Will Sphere's office the next morning. Will Sphere's office? Oh, go right in, Benny. He's expecting you. Thanks. Who the hell does he think he is? What did I do now, Will? Actually, it's not you for once. Sammy, the louse up and left. I found his resignation on my desk this morning. I don't know what to say. Then again, I didn't know the man all that well. But it always seems like he thought he was too good for us. Yeah, well, he'll get his. In the meantime, I'm going to be relying on you to step up and carry the show again. You couldn't have picked a worse time to run out on us. We're right in the middle of negotiations with Romeo, and we need to keep these new numbers. Are you up to it? Absolutely. Good, because all of our necks are on the line. She does chores, he works on a Chevy, follow their lives as they're going steady. Yes, it's the Penny and Betty Show. As the days pass, it's almost like Sammy Swell was never a part of our lives. It's just me and Betty again, and all of the old rhythm, the old routine starts to come back. I think Betty might even be coming around. Every now and then during the show, I notice a gleam in her eye. The hint of a smile at me. It's just like when we first started. Almost. What are those policemen doing here? Asking questions about Sammy, I bet. There are some scary moments. Sammy's agent files a missing persons report and some flatfoots come by the studio. Excuse me, Mr. Goodwill. Could you sign this for my kid? Of course, officer. What's the little tyke's name? Okay, you got me. It's for me. But they're more interested in autographs than fingerprints. Say, Benny, have you seen those old masters? I think I might have stuck them in the storage closet. No! No, I think I saw them in a box under the console. Huh, you're right. Here they are. My only regret is that I haven't moved the body yet. And I'm afraid that unlocking that closet will unleash more than just a corpse from that fateful night. I still don't know how my thoughts showed up on that recording. Can't take the risk of stirring up the past. Besides, things are going too well now. Betty and I have been going out a few nights a week, and she's thinking about moving back in. This place is divine, Benny. How did you get a reservation? Nothing's too much for you, dear. May I freshen your drink, miss? Oh, yes, please. And Will has finally agreed to let the characters get married. The ratings are great! Better than they ever were with Swell. For the wedding episode, I'm having some of the Romeo people come down to the studio. The two of you can show them a good time. We'll do a live spot with them. It'll be golden. Oh, that's wonderful news, Mr. Sphere. No point in turning back. I can take care of loose ends after the wedding. Yes, things are going all too well to rock the boat just now. 
Alright guys, I'm gonna run playback on this rehearsal. See if it needs to be any last minute adjustment. Sounds good, Nick. Make it quick. The Romeo suits will be here soon. The wine display looks lovely, Mr. Sphere. Are you excited, Betty? She better be. This thing goes well, we'll have Romeo signing up to sponsor us for another year. Maybe longer. Hell, I might even get them to spring for a TV show. What do you think, Benny? Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, huh? You're right. I just got a good feeling about today, kid. Okay, starting the playback now, everyone. All right, no going back now. I've killed him. If I want to get away with this, I need to act quickly. No! Stop that tape! Stop the tape! Benny, what's wrong? The tape's fine. I can hide his body in the old storage closet. It'll buy me some time until I find him or permanent solution. Out of my way! Oh, jeez, Benny. What the hell's the matter with you? No! No, there must be some mistake. Uh, pay no attention to this! Be careful with the equipment. Damn it, Benny. Are you trying to get yourself fired? Holy... Do you know how much that's gonna cost to replace? Honey, please, just relax. Yeah! Relax! How can I relax with some pathetic goof for stealing my show and my woman? Stop! You're hurting me! If anyone questions me about Sammy's disappearance, I need to have an alibi. What? No! Not possible! The machine's wrecked! How can this still be playing? What the hell are you talking about, Benny? How can what be playing? We go on the air in minutes. I can't have you losing it now. But they're more interested in autographs than fingerprints. Fine! Fine! You want to know the truth? Then I'll show you! The truth about what? He's crazy as a loon. Where's he going? Quick, follow him. My only regret is that I haven't moved the body yet. I'm afraid unlocking that closet will unleash more than just a corpse from that fateful night. Ah! The smell! Oh my god, is that... You see? See what I did? I finally stood up for myself. For all of us. This was to help us. So That can't be Sammy! Benny, what have you done? Nick, get back here, you coward. And you! I should have fired you, Benny. The minute Sammy walked through my door, I should have kicked you to the curb. I always knew you were a hack, but I never dreamed you'd become a murderer, too. I'm sorry, Will. I just thought I was doing what was best for the show. For Betty! Don't bring me into this, you lunatic! I never wanted this to happen! You thought it was best, huh? You're crazier than I thought. Betty, call security. Now, come down, Will. We we can work this out. Let, let's talk. Benny, what are you doing? Put that, put that down, man. After all those years together, Will, you were ready to toss me aside, weren't you? Replace me with this year's model? Well, I won't stand for being ignored. Not by you, or Betty, or anyone. I'm an entertainer! My voice enters millions of homes every night, taking people away from their dull, depressing lives. I make them laugh. I spread joy all over the country. And you think you can take that away from me just because your ratings go down a little? The only monster here is you, Will. Trying to destroy the only thing that made my life worth living. Benny, no, please, I'm sorry, Benny. No, oh, it's a bit too late for apologies! Oh, Will! Someone please help! Oh, Benny, 
Sweet Betty, what a team we made, huh? Hitting all the beats just right. And not just in the studio, either. I adored you, Betty. You were my world, and you threw it all away. For for what? For, for swell? Well, he's not so handsome now, is he? Stay away from me, Benny! Now come here, darling. Let's drink to us. It's time for one last toast. And this is a studio where Sinatra recorded in the wee small hours. Sinatra? Right old blue eyes himself. Please. You've got to help. There's been a, a murder. Ah, hello, Nick. Shouldn't you be getting ready for the show? You sound upset. There isn't going to be a show, you twit. Sammy Swell's body is in the closet, dead, rotting and dead. Hey, when do we get to meet Betty Barker? We're here for the wedding. Hell, we're sponsoring it. Are any of you even listening? Oh, never mind. Just, just come with me. I bet you she's much prettier in person. This is all a gag. Sweet Sammy's going to pop out and surprise us. I just know it. It's probably why he's been off the last couple of episodes. Quiet! Listen, in the studio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Benny Goodwill informing you that tonight's episode of The Benny and Betty Show has been cancelled. What the hell is going on in here? Due to a boss who hasn't come up with a decent idea since the Roosevelt administration. My God, the blood. It's everywhere. He beat Will Sphere's face in. A two-bit comedian whose only joke was insulting others. That stink. Jesus. That's Sammy's body. I think I'm going to be sick. And a leading lady whose heart is only as big as the ratings. Therefore, I've decided it's in our best interest to end the show before things really do go to hell. No, not Betty, too. What did you do, you animal? Why, nothing, Nick. She's right here next to me. I'll admit you're not seeing her at her best. He's killed her, too. He's dragging her body around like his dance partner. I'm joined in the studio tonight by representatives from our sponsor, Romeo Wines. Say hello, gentlemen. Before I go, I would like to remind our faithful listeners one more time. Please, continue to drink Romeo Wines. Their selection is simply the best, and the Cabernet is absolutely to die for. Isn't that right, Betty? Betty? Oh, my. Well... I think Betty might have had a bit too much. She sprawled across the studio floor in a most unladylike manner. A cautionary tale, dear listeners. How about you boys? Anyone care for a drink? He'll kill us all! Help! Get out of here quick! Before... Ah! <laughs> Quiet, please! We're recording! She does the chores while he works on his Chevy. Follow their lives as they're going steady. Yes, 
It's the Benny and Betty Show. Poor Benny Goodwill, a man left behind by changing times, unable to understand that his window of opportunity had closed, a man so deluded by the loss of all that he held dear that murder seemed the best solution to his troubles. Extreme? Certainly. But who among us can say what we do in similar circumstances? We've all heard that voice. Haven't we? That voice that urges us to do whatever it takes to get what's coming to us no matter what the cost. The decision we all have to make, of course, is whether we choose to listen. You have been listening to Vincent Price Presents and tonight's tale, The Telltale Tape. Starring Jerry Robbins as Benny Goodwill, Shayna Derrick as Betty Barker, J.T. Turner as Sammy Swell, Joe Caliendo Jr. as Nick, Sam Donato as Mr. Sphere. Also heard were Diane Capen, Lincoln Clark, and John Pease. Tonight's play was dramatized for radio by Patrick Hume, based on the Blue Water comic written by Brent Schoonover and was produced by Brian Rothrock. Executive producers were Mark Vanderberg and Darren G. Davis, and the program was directed by Jerry Robbins, with music by Jeffrey Gage. Until next time, this is Bill Hammond, bidding you a heartfelt farewell. This is the Survivor Journals, a new audio drama series written and produced by Simon Nilsson, a compilation of stories from the viewpoints of the survivors of a zombie infection. Close the curtains. Lock the doors. This is the pilot episode, the beginning of a nightmare that will engulf the entire world. I present to you, the Survivor Journals. Good evening. If you're just joining us, we have breaking news uh, to report right now out of the Kingstown area in Alexandria. Uh, We understand that... uh, Van Dorn Street is blocked right now by overturned cars, and uh, reports are still r- reports are still coming in from police. But apparently, I'm being told it is a zombie attack. Actually, I am being told that we have some breaking news. We are receiving unconfirmed reports of random acts of bizarre behavior and mass confusion from all over the city. Details are scarce at this time. There's been no official statement from Kearney Police Department as to exactly what's happening. We will continue to bring you the latest in these special reports. America got hit first. Where it came from, nobody knows. It took just one week for the virus to spread across the world. It was as though this infection was intent on wiping out humanity. First it would kill its victims, then, in a bizarre twist of fate, reanimate them into walking vessels of flesh-eating monsters. I'm staring out my window, and I see them every single day. My name is Isaac. I live in England, and this is my story. Five days ago my parents left for work, that's when the infection came. I'm alone, too scared to leave the house. I keep the curtains drawn and put my headphones in my ears. The music drowns out the sound of the zombies. My name is Lily, I live in England, I'm 14 years old and this is my story.
you are, whatever you're doing to stay alive, just know you're not alone. I sit here watching the creatures go by. Some walk slow and others run at frightening speeds. I'm not sure how I'm going to survive this. I don't even know if I have the strength. My name is Katrina, I live in England and this is my story. Yes, a uh, zombie attack in Alexandria. Specifically, we're talking around Van Dorn Street officers are on their way right now uh, to take you to safety so again uh, please take all precautions stay inside and uh, keep it right here for the very latest on this zombie now i love zombies or used to until they stood outside my house moaning and groaning this virus has spread so quick nobody stood a chance luckily I was in my studio recording my radio show. My name is Corey, I live in England, and this is my story. America saw the outbreak after New York, DC, Chicago, LA, and Denver got wiped out. The infection came south. I'm staring out my fifth story window, I can see hundreds if not more, infected bodies roaming around the streets of Austin. I'm a DJ for WZLP in Austin, Texas. There's nobody left in the studio except for me. My name is Matt Grudge. I live in Austin, Texas. This is my story. Are we transmitting? Are we transmitting? Point the camera at me. Point it at me. Just, just roll. Okay, things are out of control down below. The city of Los Angeles is like a war zone. These, these creatures, these zombies, or whatever the hell they are, are swarming the city. People are dying in the streets by the thousands. And the freeways, right now the freeways are hopelessly clogged. There is no way out of the city. We had to come up here into the Hollywood Hills just to find some refuge. I think we're safe for the moment, but I'm not going to stay long. Right now, the LAPD has pulled out of South Central Los Angeles entirely and is trying to form a defensive perimeter around Beverly Hills. But I don't know how they're going to stop these things. If you're hearing me, stay away from Los Angeles. The city is out of control. The city is lost. Avoid Los Angeles at all. Take you back to breaking news in Kingstown in Alexandria right now. Uh, police are on the scene of a confirmed zombie attack. Here, are we broadcasting? Yeah? Coming to you live from Columbus, Ohio. Both the city center and nearby urban areas are being evacuated with the aid of United States military personnel. As I stand here at the Outer Belt Highway I-71 interchange, I can see women, children, and the elderly all struggling to vacate the city, which, since looting and rioting, are now widespread. It's now under martial law. 
with hope, we can persevere. Without it, we shall surely crumble. Stare up at the sky. Sun's beating down today. These vile creatures have dispersed as they do at certain times during the day. I wander across the road to the garage, constantly looking around to make sure I don't get jumped. This garage is my supply base. And I noticed that this morning I was a bit low on water. I head towards the wooden board covering an opening in the glass that I had smashed a few days earlier. That caused a bit of a commotion, I can tell you. I just about made it back to my house in one piece. As I approach the board, I see a piece of paper being blown down the road. I pick it up, and I see it's a poem. I have no idea who wrote it, or if they're still of this world, but the words fit perfectly with my situation. Sweeping through the concrete jungles, causing misery and pain. Mankind was not prepared for this. It's driving us insane. Brother turns on brother. No discrimination in this disease. I hear the sounds of the fallen, their cries carried on the breeze. And as I stare with sadness deep, I feel alone and unprepared. Our world has crumbled into an abyss, and vulnerable and very scared. Dig deep and find some hope, they say. It's hard, but I must try. If I lose hope and concede my life to it, then I will surely die. I pull the curtain to one side so that I can take a look in the back garden. Ah! Ah! There it was. Snarling, scrabbling at the window with its dirty, rotting hands, flesh hanging from its face. I could see that the fence at the bottom of the garden was broken. I remember hearing a loud noise last night, but chose to ignore it. I can now see into the fields beyond. The noise this creature is making appears to be attracting more of them. I close the curtain and sit on the sofa. I can't stop trembling. I get up and walk into the kitchen, moving towards the window which is covered in a Venetian blind. I slowly pull one of the slats down, fearing another face will be pressed against the window. To my relief, it is clear. <gasps> I, I, I see one of those things run up the middle of the street. It's so fast and hunched over. More follow, and I wonder what it has attracted them. Then I hear a high-pitched scream of a woman, her cries quickly getting lower until there was nothing apart from these creatures feasting on her flesh. I let the slat slip down and stare at the floor. I've never been so scared in my life. Why isn't anybody helping us? I was out gathering water, a slow process, as I had to keep stopping to hide from these things. I noticed that most of the shops have been looted, but there was still enough tinned food to keep me going for a while. Bizarrely, 
The cash registers in the shops were empty. Why people would think money was useful in these dark times is beyond me. I wait for the last pack of infected to run by. They had been attracted by a woman screaming. Stepping out of the ransacked shop, I gaze down the road and observe them biting and tearing at her body. It won't be too long before she is part of their horde, roaming the streets for more victims. I look across the road and at a house and see a young teenage girl peering through the blinds of her window. She lets the slap drop down and does not notice me staring at her. Before I have a chance to make sure she's safe, I hear more infected heading in my direction. I make a note of her door number and I will turn later when it's safer. The infected tend to be less active when night falls, though there still are risks, one of the main ones being lack of street lighting, so it's harder to see. I scamper down the side of the shop and head back towards my house. I have two bottles of water and eight tins of food. It is all I'm able to carry. The weight of the supplies slow me down, so I hope I won't bump into any of the infected. I think back to the evacuation point. There was one last space on a truck heading south. I gazed across at the female holding her young baby. The soldier put his arm out to me. I was next in line. I gazed at the floor and stepped back to allow the woman and her baby to take my place. The soldier helped them up. He looked back at me and saluted. As the truck pulled away, I turned and squeezed my way through the panic. That's why I'm still here. I wonder how many of us are still healthy. Thanks for tuning in for the pilot episode of the Survivor Journals. Tune in next week for episode one. So the T-Rex is gone? Yep, back where it belongs. But how did See you... See this here? This shows a weakness in the podverse structure. What does that it mean? It means that the dinosaur came from an old episode of the Sonic Society. In fact, Gun for Dinosaur from Broken Sea Audio. But if the fabric of the podverse is showing signs of uh, stress... We need to head to the source of the stress. Broken Sea Audioverse. Sonic Society Season 10 is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. This week's guests were M. Sierra Garcia as the promo girl with Brian Bikikio as Officer Bob. The Sonic Society is an audio preserve for all forms of dinosauria, and no T-Rexes were hurt in the production of this episode. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.